0: we address holiness from a perspective of God is calling you and I to be holy as he is holy. And we now said that the challenge for us is that the definition of what we call holiness in the past has not been accurate. And we know that because we said whatever that definition is of holiness because we should be holy as he is holy. And therefore, whatever we accept as holiness must first meet God's criteria before we can use it on us. Amen? Okay, throw out to me. Give that to me. Anybody, just throw out. How, how do we define the holiness? How do we define it traditionally? Let's, let's first... Yes, I know. Don't let's give an answer yet. Let's, what, what was the old definitions that we used to? When with holiness? With long dress, no makeup. Yes, no jewelry. What else? What What are the common common definitions of holiness? No watching TV. No watching TV. What else? <laughs> no, no coffee. No coffee. Cafe may send you to hell straight away. <laughs> Uh, uh, being separate, right? Not listening to Bob Marley. Not listening to Bob Marley, yes. Uh, we say that holiness means to be separate. Is that correct? Yeah. Being separate, you know, separate. Uh, what else? No movies. If you're not preaching, after you get saved. <laughs> if you're not preaching, after you get saved. A yeah. The bottom line here is, the bottom line here is, Holiness, from a biblical perspective, you read in Genesis chapter 2. The Bible says, give me Genesis chapter 2, please, verses 1 and 2. Maybe even in NIV. Genesis chapter 2. Yes, please. Okay. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work, verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and what? Made it holy. Because on it, it rested on all the work of creation that they had done. This is the very first time the word holy is mentioned in the Bible. And as we've taught in this tribe, the first mention of any word carries the seed of what the word means for the rest of the scriptures. Okay? The the way you know that there's a problem with the way we describe it, for instance... Moses in Exodus saw God in the burning bush. God said, take off your shoes. For the ground upon which you are standing is holy ground. Hello? Does that ground have the ability to sin? Talk to me now. God says the ground is holy. Can a ground sin? No. But God calls it holy. So right there, we, we, we should be thinking the way we've defined holy, something is wrong with it. In the tabernacle of Moses, all the furniture, articles, the Bible calls them holy. The Bible calls the mountain, the mountain of God, holy mountain of God. Can a mountain sin? So, that should tell us that our definition is what we have read into the scripture and brought to it. Hello. First time the word is mentioned here. And if you read it, if you read it, let, let's go back to verse 2. Just leave it the way it is, don't touch it. Thank you. Thank you. By the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on his seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day. Let's time out. He blessed the seventh day. Done. Why did he not bless the sixth day? Or the fifth day? Or the fourth day? Or the third day? Or the second day? Why did he choose to bless the seventh day and not the previous six days? Was there something wrong with the first six days? No! No! We know nothing was wrong with them because he looked at all of those days and said, good, 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 good. But on the seventh day, he didn't just use the word good, he said, I'm going to bless you. Ah, my God. I have a dollar for you, my friend. I have a dollar for you, my friend. (laughs) God blesses his rest. That is very good, very well said. very well said. So he blessed the seventh day, and because he blessed it, he made it holy. So does that mean the first six days were unholy? Does that mean that the day had the ability to sin or not sin? No, it has nothing to do with that. He has nothing to do. And he tells us. He blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Why? Because on it he rested from all the work. And doctor, remember the last time we did this, I think in October, you helped me find the definition of the word holy. She just, just told you in, in, in the dictionary. Holy means complete. Complete. You define it correctly, sir. Complete. You are holy. When God says you are holy, he says you are Complete. There is nothing lacking in you because through me, in me, I've put, given you everything you needed. On the seventh day, when all the work was finished, complete, God says, I bless this day and I call it holy. Why? Because it's all done. It's all done. And that's why Paul defined it properly. It's, if you look at that, Ephesians chapter 1, he said, Holy and without fault. He wants you to know that this holiness we are talking about. It has nothing to do with you being at fault. (laughs) No. Now, does that mean we will not sin, we will not miss it, we will not be faulty? That's not what it means. Of course that will happen. But when you do that, it's not your spirit man that's doing it. Doc mentioned that to us yesterday. It's not you. It's not the the real you that's doing those things. So, Holy here has to do with the fact that God is telling you that you are complete and you are without fault. There's no blemish in you. You are done. God has made you. He has completed you. You are holy. And, and we really need to understand this because these this are, this are the things that the enemy uses to trip us. When the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, that you and I are a holy priesthood, The enemy will say, "That does not. You are not part of that because you are not holy. You are not holy." You say, "Oh well, you, 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 were very mean to your wife yesterday. You were mean to your son last week. This can be part. Of, you can be part of this holy priesthood. And if you believe that old definition, you just disqualify yourself. You just disqualify yourself. Whereas the enemy is is trying, trying to disqualify you. Whereas God, God has qualified you. God is saying you are part of the complete priesthood." Unbroken, wholesome, complete priesthood, and the enemy is saying, Psh, "Don't listen to that. You are, not, you are not holy." So you think God cannot move through you? He can't walk through you because the enemy is telling you there are some things you've not done that you need to do. It's a lie. So you guys are seeing that right? Believing leads to right, right behaving. He loved us. He chose us. Made us to be holy, and then the Bible says he adopted us. He adopted us. Ah, yeah, 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 God has brought us into His family. That means we are now the sons and daughters of God. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Romans eight seventeen. When a person is adopted into a new family, today, at least three things are included legally in the adoption papers. I didn't know this until I researched it. It blew my mind. Number one, the adopted person take on the new name of their parents with a new birth certificate to prove it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So now you can understand how you were well, translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the son of his love. New parent. New parent. And you got a new name. Now you are called a Christian. Huge. Huge. Number two, the rights of the previous parents are terminated. (laughs) The, The rights of the previous parents are terminated. Isn't that wonderful? So in our spiritual adoption, the rights of the enemy on our life cut off. Terminated. You're no longer the children of wrath or of the devil. No. The rights that the enemy had over us before Christ is now terminated. And then number three, they gain the right to the inheritance of their new parents. (laughs) This is huge, man. So I mean, so if you understand all of these things in the natural, do you see what it does for you spiritually? When you now stand before God and before them say, I'm an adopted child of the, in the kingdom of God, you know immediately new name. Brides of the previous parenthood terminated. And you come into inheritance. That's the fact. That's what God has for us. Amen? So all, this, all of this things happened to us when we came into the kingdom of God. And then lastly, Paul says, We are accepted. We are accepted. One of the most powerful concepts is the truth of knowing that we are always accepted in the beloved. This truth is brought home when you look, when you read Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. When that boy hit rock bottom, when he got to the end of himself, what he hung on to, what brought him back home was the knowledge, the understanding and the believing that if he ever returned he will not be rejected. He said, now I will arise and go to my father. He had the assurance that if he just made it back, papa would not send him back. Papa would not reject him. He had an understanding of this assurance of Acceptance. That if I can just go back home, I'll find willing, open, loving arms in my father's house. And I returned. And that's the exact same thing God is conveying to you and I today. That we are loved. We are chosen. He's made us holy, complete. He's adopted us. Now he wants you to know you are accepted. If those truths become the cardinal of your life and you meditate on them long enough it will radicalize your life because you are living from the perspective of these five powerful truths that will drive your behaving and make you see your world and God in a totally different light. Amen? Amen? Any questions or comments?
1: Yes, I, I do have uh, something I'm struggling with now. Okay. See, when we are adopted, the rights of the previous parents are terminated. Yes. And I know that uh, sometimes in the church we preach that you have to get to a foundation right, you know, especially with your parents or your ba- family background. Now we are saying here it's cut off. Does that mean that we don't have to worry about foundation again? Where well, we use Jacob, uh, we use the family. You know, the, the 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 family of Jacob. They have to come together for God to do what He wanted to do with them in the first place. They have to be complete in Egypt. Now we said you have so you had to deal with you know, you have to make sure you reconcile with your family. Uh, okay. If you don't do that, then God will not do what he wants to do with you. But here, and again, in, I know back home, when I say back home, especially in Africa, I know we believe in all this. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I can say it. But we believe in so many things. And we believe that in the, the family, where we come from, Maybe they were worshiping idols. Uh, my parents were worshipping idols. And so some people are some are, some people are preaching that you know that you have to first of all deal with those things. Just like Gideon did. Before you can get to help, you know, you can be uh, complete in Christ. On the other hand, uh, so you are like saying you don't have to do that, that Jesus Christ has already finished the work, so you don't have to worry about your foundation. I don't know if I'm making sense.
0: I'll let Pastor Mike answer that question, I, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in it. You can what? Can you first say what you th- think you what? Well,
2: I think? We still have the under the World Foundation, we are a new creature in Christ. Is that what you're trying to say? Because really, uh, once we're in Christ, and I'm sure we've had that over and over in this meeting, you have a new root. Yes. Yeah, so the old root is decided It is done away with You are completely new in me. So whatever happens in the past will not matter and will not dictate your future, you know, any longer. That's the way I say
0: Are you satisfied with that?
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) If anyone be in Christ, the scripture is
1: not true. Deal with. I think we
2: need to know, you will need to know what you want to deal with and have the details of what, yeah, you know, specifically what you want to deal with. Because, you know, back home too, uh, we've seen so many things that religion has done as far as that is concerned. There is this tree in your village, there's something, yeah, they've done, except to go, we're going to pray, we're going to to go and pull You know, there are all sorts of things. And the truth is, some people, many people still do that and they get results in their own way. They get a result that makes them believe that if that had not been done, not have been delivered or released either from that cause or from that problem. But and I think it's clear. Once you in, in Christ, those things have no effect over your life any longer. But for anyone who still chooses to believe, okay, and you will also believe that lie that until you get to the village of it or deal with the roots, okay, you are no longer free. And, um, and you see, the truth, again, is that those who believe that lie, they keep believing many, many other deceptions. Okay, because it will not end there anyway. Because if it ends here, the deliverance uh, will go bankrupt. So there will always be something again, again and again that we are seeing over and over, and I will keep on, you keep on renew the deliverance covenant and get to do it every now and then. And that's why you must gather either every month, every day of the month, or every Friday of this and every. That. You will always be every new thing to do. Yeah. yeah, and it's still part of this doing and doing and doing and doing thing in order to get this from the Lord. Yeah.
0: I, I, okay. okay, go ahead. I thank,
1: you, I thank you so much. The reason I am asking that question is not for me. Yeah. It's because this is... But it's not, or not, or not. Okay. Hello? I was asking the question not because of what we are dealing with over here. That you argue, and if you continue to argue with the people you are working with, then they say you are bringing errors. And I like the way you put it, because if you you tell them not to do that, then they are out of ministry. That they should not uh, 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 preach Deliver. If you tell them to bring deliver, then they are completely out of joy, and so they have to first of all, first of all, put that fear in there so you can now do what it has to do. Money wise, and someone else to sacrifice. Yeah. So thank you so.
0: Amen. Pastor Dollar addressed that when it was when it taught on Tuesday adequately. I mentioned the fact that we were all born with sin tendencies. So you have some families, it's alcoholism. Others, it's sexual immorality. Others, it's drugs. Others, I mean, on and on and on and on. But once a person gets born again, you severe yourself from that lineage, and you pick up a new lineage in Christ Jesus. And it may be helpful... Going forward, for that individual to recognize what's worked in his family tree, point at that time, and thank God that he has been exempted from the manifestation of that evil tendency because of his new generation status in Jesus Christ. So that's the insurance policy going forward that what's happened in your father's household up till now will not touch you. Why? Because the blood of Jesus and the finished work of Christ has taken care of it. So, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay, Sammy. I thought we had more mics than this at the beginning. Yeah.
3: So, I just, I want to pick you back from
0: what you just said. Okay. But a very simple way. Way. Speak up there, please.
3: I, should I not? And he says, the new covenant is God first, man second. Whenever if you flee that, it's just simply old covenant. So, you take my case, for instance. I didn't initiate anything. I'm sitting down, buying my own business. My father calls me and says, you may want to go check ABCDE. So, I Hmm. if God initiates it it's because he's already done it he's, that's where he wants you to go that's the direction he wants you to go so if you recognize that there are things in your family or in the past you know the idea is don't take it upon yourself to initiate the process of change or dealing with it in time God will do what he needs to do when he initiates it and you follow, you are sure of victory. So again, we just need to always remind ourselves to re- return to that reference. If it's God first, mind seven, you are sure that you are within the boundaries of the new covenant. If it's not that, you are in your covenant.
0: Amen. Um, I'll you. Okay, in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead now, and then give the mic to him,
4: When you were teaching on the benefits of adoption, a bunch of uh, excuse me, a bunch of things came into my to my mind. That first of all, um, when a person is adopted into a family, it doesn't matter the tribal mark he had in the old family. He takes on the image of the new family. And then a scripture came to me uh, that I want to read, and then say one thing. I'll drop the mic. It's in Second Peter chapter one, verse three, but I read from verse two. He says, "Grace and peace, hmm. be multiplied unto you hmm. through the knowledge of God." And of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power. Has given unto us. All things. Mm. That pertain unto life. And godliness. Again through the knowledge. Of him. That has called us. To glory. And virtue. What I want to bring up. Of this is the fact that god said that the only reason his people are destroyed is because of the lack of knowledge and so when we apply what god has said concerning what he has done for us and we stick with it the knowledge of what we know that he has done yes. will erase everything else absolutely. that
0: is in our past. absolutely 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 I agree. And uh, Don, Don, I know that you're ministering ministering in a place where they're heavily steeped into superstition and this issue of deliverance. You're going to have to trust God that no matter what other people are doing around you, you're going to have to settle in proclaiming the finished work of Christ. And those who want to do the other things, let them do it. I mean, God had the time of Moses the Tabernacle of David at the same time, but the presence of God was in one, and the absence of God was in the other. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? The two church systems ran at the same time for years, and the truth of the matter is, the, you know, the sacrifices at the Tabernacle of Moses, which was taking place, mm, God, God said, you know, I, I let Zedok minister to, to the people, but David. You that to me so we can't stop them from doing what they're doing God didn't try to do that in the past I won't, I won't I won't fool with that but you but but you are accountable for what you know and to be able to speak the truth in love so I will not empower uh, people that's doing deliverance necessarily and deliverance itself is not bad it just depends on how it's done and what what the emphasis is if it's a man or a God and all that stuff so but uh, I won't get into all those arguments I, let, I just let God's word be the distinction. Accurately, skillfully dividing the word of truth. Yeah, so, yeah. Shagun.
5: Yes, sir. Um, I just wanted to kind of pick piggyback off what Samuel was saying. You know, me personally, I know I'm a lot younger than anybody here. But me personally. Yeah, what? You're, I'm a lot younger than okay. anybody here. Okay, sure. But I, I've dealt with my fair share of family issues, you know, spiritual issues. I've seen these things. But one thing that I've always maintained, even before I knew these things even existed, was that uh, I was saved, that I already had a victory in Christ. And so anytime maybe I got delivered personally by God himself, or maybe he sent somebody, I never went up and down chasing, looking for people, because I always put my faith in Christ. Amen. You know, and somehow or some way, he always... Um, gave me victory over whatever that situation was. Uh, I wanted to read a verse, you know, I know we all know the story of Jacob and Esau and how Jacob stole Esau's blessings. In Genesis 27, uh, 27, chapter 39, the Bible says, finally his father Isaac said to him, he's talking to Esau, he said, you will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. So that's a curse. But then he goes on to say, you will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. So even though Esau received a curse, his father said, once you make that decision to be free, then it's gone. I think what happens a lot of times is, many Christians, they don't make the decision to be free. So even when they receive their freedom, they still go back and forth. They're still battling. Wow. They're still running up and down looking for help because they haven't accepted that freedom. And so they keep themselves bound because um, like Pastor was saying, the Bible doesn't lie. You know, in Christ, we're free. But we have to receive that freedom, accept it, and move forward. And as long as we don't do that, we'll forever be bound by
0: that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Very good, Shagun. Very, very good. Very well said. Very well said. I I was just going to say the exact same thing he said. The scripture that we used to pray, Galatians
6: 5 1.
0: Amen. In America. For freedom, the
6: Christ sent us to stand therein. Stand fast, therefore.
0: Hold it right there. On Monday night, how did we define standing? No. Hold your, Hold your ground. Standing. When Paul prayed that prayer in Ephesians chapter 6, having done door, stand. He wasn't talking about attacking. He was saying, stand on the revelation of the knowledge of the finished work of Christ. It's already done. Stand. Don't let anything move you from that position. Stand. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And it here,
6: so
0: yes. Stand therefore. Yeah. And be not entangled again yeah. in the yoke of bondage. My God. So, when, when, how do you stand? The same way you got. Five, Yanko, you have any so dollars you on you? you <laughs> <laughs> one goes to Shag, one goes to knee. <laughs> knee. One goes to knee, one goes to Shag. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. So Wow <laughs> Very good.
6: Grace. Yes. It is actually an entrenchment of the grace that you have. Yes. To say that
0: your
4: grace is set me
6: free. Yes. That your word I'm here, and I thank you. Yes. And all am amnesticated from all of these things through your grace
0: and all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
6: Galatians three.
0: Yes.
3: Exactly the same thing. You said, "Oh foolish Galatians." Aha. Who has bewitched you?
0: Aha. Yes.
3: Yes. obey the truth? Yes. Before
2: Jesus Christ was eminently, clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Yep. This only I want to learn from you. Did uh-huh. you receive the spirit by the works of the Lord or by the hearing of faith?
0: There
5: you go. Are
2: you so foolish?
0: Aha. Is uh-huh. Isn't, yes. Isn't it amazing that in Africa what we define as witchcraft is not what the Bible calls witchcraft. As far as Paul is concerned, and God, witchcraft is when you receive the word of faith, yeah. the spirit of God, and you put it down, abandon it, and go back to your flesh. Yeah. You are witchcraft. So really, we have many witch doctors here this morning. Careful, yeah. yeah. <laughs> baby. Yeah. for baby, I'm coming. <laughs> that is powerful. He said you are bewitched. How can you see this wonderful provision of God for which you didn't have to labor, sweat. You didn't even ask. None of us asked God to send Jesus to the cross. Who did? Who asked that question? Nobody asked him to do that. He made a provision. He made it available. He gave it to you. He said, just believe it and walk in it. And he said, ah, it sounds too good to be true. Let me go back and and start doing my idols and and bring three candles and uh, uh, three pots of uh, palm oil. It's crazy. It's witchcraft. Wow. Yes.
6: similar to what was happening in the book of Hebrews, uh, where the Hebrew writer sends, sends an entire book to explain uh, that Jesus by himself is better than what used to be, better than the angels, better than
0: Moses, better than... Aaron... Aaron? And so he begins his letter in chapter 1, verse 1. God who had sundry times and a diverse man ah, spake in times past ah, by the prophet, ah, having this last day serving uh-huh. unto us by his son, yes. whom he has appointed heir of all things, all thanks. and by whom also he created the world. And then he goes on to say, who is the brightness of, of his, his glory? which angel do you know that's the brightness of his glory? None. Moses is not the brightness of his glory. None. And then he continues on and on and on and he
6: tells us that for he is better than the angels. Verse 3. For he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Correct. And so he is he, letting them know that what you have received is more than the Judaism you want to go back to.
0: Right? Ministry yes. of condemnation. Yes. Ministry of death. people. You know, Death. And carry
6: this and this well, Car- you don't need to go back to today Jesus has done for you one time and for
0: all and he, he sat down
6: go, and he
0: yeah correct listen if our world is going to change it's going to be left up to us yeah. we have to receive the truth and leave it out leave it out leave it out you have to and so wow Pastor Wally
4: when the things that happened to me happened two years ago the the devil bombarded my mind with all kinds of stuff and then he began to remind me all the things that I did even before I got converted and all the things that I helped them to bury in our family house that. And he began to suggest that perhaps you need to go back. I mentioned it <laughs> that you need to go back and deal with those things. Because God told me specifically, he said, he said, one of the reasons that I saved you is so that you can bring your family to me. And I think I wasted time in doing it because I had another, I, in my mind I had another way of trying to deal with it, that way we need to come together. Uh, fast, you know, and pray to break whatever was done then, um, because of certain things, you know, in my lineage. Anyway, one of our senior pastors told me, he said, "Well, you know what? Your father must have done something," and he mentioned, and it's true. That's why those things are coming at you. But I'm looking, okay, everybody else is going through one kind of attack. How come this is what it is? I said, "Yeah, because God has chosen." So you have to go and deal with it. But then, I remember one time I was there and I said, I think I need to go home. He said, why do you need to go home? That was the only question he asked me. And he didn't say anything else. And that stuck with me. Well, guess what? I didn't go home to do anything, but I am free. Amen. Now, (laughs) what happened, again, going back to that scripture, the knowledge of what you know. So Satan will try to replace the knowledge of what Christ has done by taking us back. Yes into what we think uh, was the problem, and Amen. as long as we get stuck on that, yeah. there will be no freedom. Absolutely. But then, standing strong in the freedom, in the liberty yes. that he has given us, I yes. didn't travel, and God made sure that for two years I didn't step in Nigeria. I didn't step my feet on the side of Nigeria. Amen. And yet, I am free. And I know because I'm free, everybody else is free in the family. Amen. Amen.
0: Look, look at that picture. Once you start going back, what's your focus? The issues. Once you start thinking like that, all of a sudden your focal point becomes the, the, the issues. The, witch, the wizard in your village, the uh, lizard that's crawling, this, I mean, all those nonsense. That, that becomes the focal point. Whereas God says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Not looking at the problem, but looking at Jesus. It's amazing how the enemy just gets us off focus. I'm looking at the wrong things. Amen? Amen. Praise God! Hallelujah. It's time to go chow down. You know what chow down means? You guys have not been in the military? Oh, you guys need to take us to the, uh, to, to, to the Navy yourself. <laughs> it's chow time. We need to go eat.